0: Look at the picture of the Last Supper. Have you ever thought about who these people were? You've probably heard of some of the more out front disciples. Saint Peter, James and John, Doubting Thomas, or Judas Iscariot, also known as the Betrayer. But there were others at the table In this series, we're gonna be looking at some of the others that Jesus invited to the table. And here's a hint. They're just like you and me. Thanks for joining us today. Let's learn more about who's at the table. When we look at the disciples, Sometimes we get a little story of how they're involved in the ministry of Jesus. Sometimes we just get their name. Today's disciple that we're looking at is Philip. Now, Philip in Matthew, Mark and Luke is only known to us just by the listing of his name in the listing of the 12 apostles or the 12 disciples. It's the Gospel of John that gives us a little bit more background on how Philip is involved. And for us as disciples or as followers of Jesus, we're often told that it's about us finding Jesus. And Philip's story is about Jesus finding him. In fact, in John's gospel, three out of the four stories that are involving Philip are people that are looking for him. So Jesus comes, you heard from our scripture earlier, that Jesus comes and actually Jesus finds Philip. And actually, it's Philip that goes and finds Nathanael, who we're talking about next week. But the interesting thing about how Philip then describes Jesus as, again, Jesus found Philip, is he says this, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Think about that for a moment. It's not just Jesus from Nazareth, but Jesus is also the son of Joseph. Philip loves details. And just contrast that with some of the other stories, the call stories of the disciples, or the other proclamations of the disciples about who Jesus is. Andrew went on to say, we found the Messiah, and that was enough. But not enough for Philip. Philip loved to share the detail. Just think about it. We found the one upon whom Moses wrote about in the law, the prophets, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Detailed description about who this Messiah is. So while we need the exclamatory passion of a Peter or an Andrew, we also in the church need the cautious precision of the Philips among us. So let's take a look at some of how Philip is involved in the ministry of Jesus. Think about Philip as someone who is detail-oriented and is precise. So in John chapter 6 is one of the stories of Philip. Now, it says in John chapter 6, verse 5, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one, to have a bite. I love this part of the story of the feeding of the 5,000, because instead of making a statement of faith, which we believe sometimes as disciples we need to do, or right, we're called to do, we're called to have faith. We understand this, but I love his precision. And I think this is why Jesus finds him or goes to Philip and you know, he doesn't go to go to Peter or, or go to another disciple. Uh, he, he, he goes to the one that he knows is detail-oriented and precise. He goes to Philip. And Philip somehow does the calculation in his mind. He runs the algorithm. He looks at the crowd. And he looks at, you know, uh, where in the world, how do we logistically get this done? And he says, it's going to take eight months' wages. It's going to take that much in order just to feed these people, for them to get a bite. His, look, his head's not in the clouds and he, he's not necessarily negative about this. Like, Hey, let's, he doesn't say, let's get out of here and let them just fend for themselves. He calculates it up. He answers Jesus's question. Jesus knows to find Philip in a moment like this, Philip, what is this going to take? And, and, and it invites this miracle to happen. Now, Jesus knew that because he had compassion on the crowd. He was going to be doing something like this, but he engages his disciple in this miracle in the way that fits best for Philip. And Philip is involved in this story. We know who he is because he is the one from John's gospel that says, it's gonna take this much. He calculates it up. And while we celebrate the miracles of God in our midst, right? The big stuff, the feeding of the five thousands. We remember how God provides manna that falls from the sky. The truth is in our, our world, we need Phillips. We know that thousands are going to be fed because people like Philip are willing to count the cost and to make it happen. They do that work. They figure it out and they know when to step out of the way and let someone else take the lead. And for Jesus to do his work. Just right after his pronouncement, here's what happens. Uh, Eight months wages, right? Then another disciple. Again, look how different disciples are getting Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He says, well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. uh, But how far will they go amongst so many? And Jesus says, sit him down. Watch what I do. I love how Jesus takes the great proclamation or hope of Andrew that says, well, here's something that we could use, but uh, after he even says it out loud, what good is that going to do? But he takes that Philip as well. He gets both of them there in this conversation for this miracle to happen. He works with his disciples and meets them where they are. He finds Philip to say, Philip, how do we get this done? What's this going to take? How can you shed your light? Take your detailed, oriented, precise mind and bring it into the story. That's what Jesus does with all of us. He brings us into the story. Even the Philips among us. In John chapter 12, we see a group of Greeks approach Philip. Here's what it says in John chapter 12, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip. They found Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Now, Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Uh, let me stop there and just say this. So while the Greeks approach Philip, why? Philip is a Greek name, actually. It's not a very common first century Jewish name. It's a Greek name in the midst of this band of disciples. So you could see why this group of Greeks go to Philip. But here's something powerful of what happens in this story. Remember, we talked about how Philip is precise and detail-oriented. And while he's careful and precise, he also doesn't get in the way. He's deliberate, right? He wants to do his research with the feeding of the 5,000, but he's also not an obstructionist with his details because the Greeks come to him and you'd think, Oh, I'm very important. They come to me. He says, no, no, no. I know who to take you to, to get to Jesus. He knows enough about himself that if he's detail oriented, but an Andrew who's one of the 12 as well is, is, you know, there's just something about the way he calculated. And he said, I got to talk to Andrew about this. We, I got to get Andrew and then him and Andrew together take these Greeks to go see Jesus. And I wonder what they were talking about. What Andrew's mind and also what Philip's mind brought into that conversation of, what do we do with these folks that want to meet Jesus? And they do all of this. He's he's not an obstructionist. He doesn't let the detail and the careful precision of his mind get in the way in the bigger end game goal of where he wants to get people to Jesus. Sometimes Details can get in the way. We can get so busy counting the cost that we actually never do something with it. We can have a paralysis by analysis. So don't let your particularity or your precision, which are good things, don't let it get in the way of what actually needs to get done. Philip is going to teach us this. Philip understands this. That's why when the Greeks came to him, he went to Andrew and they both went to Jesus. In John chapter 14, Jesus is talking with his disciples. It's the last night of his life, right, in ministry with them. And he just said some challenging things. And he begins the 14th chapter with, right, this beautiful phrase, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because in the previous chapter, he'd said some really challenging things and they were nervous and scared. And he begins to go in John chapter 14 to say some incredible things about who he is. Let's pick up where Philip comes into the story. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Here's where Philip comes in in this next verse, in verse 8. Remember, detail-oriented, precise. This is perfect moment for him. And what a powerful statement he says. Philip said in verse 8, Lord... Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Simple. (laughs) You know, hey, okay, um, just show us that. But here's what Jesus does next. Here's what happens. Do you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for so long, or for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. This opened up the door for one of the most powerful witnesses of our faith. When you see me, you see the Father. And that's enough. If it wasn't for his detail orientedness, for his precision, I appreciate the people that just make statements like that, that just ask those questions or make those comments for Jesus then to be able to explain or show us again hey remember who i am don't forget do do you not do you not see it yet do you not get it yet when you see me you get it all okay so we've just learned a couple stories about where people are searching for Philip where people find Philip in order to help you know whether it's a problem to be solved or they want to get to Jesus or in fact Jesus himself in Philip's call story that goes to him. And I know so much of what we talk about in the church is about us finding God, that we need to seek and we need to search. But there's a part of Philip's story that I appreciate so much that reminds us that in our searching and in our finding, you need to hear about a God who searches for you. Jesus finds you so many times we talk about believing in jesus and i wonder if we switched it up do you know that jesus believes in you so we have to think differently about some of these things we know that we're supposed to love god let me remind you again that god finds us god believes in us And God loves us. In our tradition, we talk about accepting Christ. But did you know that Christ accepts you? So again, while you may be searching, you may be trying to find, you may be trying to discover everything there is, you need to hear that there is a God that is searching for you, that is trying to find you. I think about the day when Philip was there, And Jesus comes to him. You know, there's probably moments of your life, if you reflect upon it, where you weren't searching, yet still Jesus found you. You may feel like there's someone in your life right now that they may be far from God, that they may not know what the next thing to do in their life to be. They're searching. And I want them to hear again this word of comfort that even in the moments when we aren't aware or we aren't searching, Sometimes Jesus just gets to where we are. That's what he did with Philip. I believe that's what he can do with us. So even though you may not be searching, Jesus is searching for you. Philip might not have been trying to find Jesus, but Jesus found Philip. Let us pray. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for the stories of these disciples that shape our experiences as well. I thank you for those that can connect with a person like Philip and see a little bit of their story in his life as well. But we pray, Lord, that with all of our detail drivenness, that it may not get in the way of this mystery and this powerful movement called your kingdom. We are not able to figure out everything in this life. But we trust you. And as much as we try to figure out and have all the answers and to discern and understand what will be, we thank you for the times where you come to us. We thank you that you're always willing to come to us now, even right now, to find us. You find us as we are. You love us. You accept us. you call us your own so while we may be searching first today we thank you that you're willing to find us in Jesus name we pray